Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. We're going to jump right in, but first we have announcements, so I lied. Beep, beep, um, beep, 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 beep. Really quick. want to make sure all of you are subscribed to our friend Mary Payne at Pink Shade because we have been guest hosting a lot. Katie's been talking about MILF Manor, or as Joni calls it, what is it? Milk? I ILF? ILM? What is it? Milk. She can't get it. Milk mansions. Um, Milk mansions. And and then we watched the first episode. She's hooked. So Katie has been suffering through that. And I've been talking about 90 Day. And there's a very special episode coming out this week with my Mary Payne's just not even there. It's a pink shade takeover. (laughs) Takeover with Kimberly and Maddie from Reality Gaze. And I was so excited to talk to our friend again and basically weaseled my way onto Reality Gaze to talk about Below Deck. So mission accomplished. You smart lady. I didn't do it on purpose, but it worked out well. You didn't do it on purpose? Not really. I'd honestly did tiny bit, 20% on purpose. And then Katie was on our new friends show Crime Scene, which is yes. spelled S E E N, talking about the Sarah Lawrence sex cult. And oh boy, someone specifically said that the documentary was too sad and they just had to listen to Katie talk about it because that was the only way they could stomach it. So Aww. it was sad. But if you're a cult person, not like you're in a cult, but you are into cults, you are interested in the in talking about and that documentary is unbelievable and it's called stolen youth youth stolen sounds like a band from the 90s it really does it's why i think it's wrong every time i say i (laughs) i think of it and i'm like that can't be what it's called but yes so please subscribe to them crime scene also if you are a crime writers on patreon i am on toby balls deep balls to balls deep book club whatever he calls it he calls it something like that on this month's book club so Check that out, too, if you're a Patreon of them. All the things. Yeah, it's amazing. So this episode is The Trial of Alec Murdow. It's also Alec, known as Alex Allen P. Murdoch. Murdoch, Murdoch, Murder, Murdoch. <laughs> I've heard it pronounced this episode. I started to keep track because I was I just couldn't stand it anymore. And then yeah. at the end. Craig Melvin throws us all for a loop and we'll get to it. And I don't know if you heard it, but I have it time marked so you can go and listen to it because there is one pronunciation that I was like, I just threw, I threw my notes up. I was like, forget it. I'm done. See, we've been living in this enigma since this first started, like it felt like years ago. But (laughs) the fact that this trial has been so widely publicized is that all of these non-true crime TikTokers and YouTubers, YouTubers are now drawn in to the Alec, Alex, Alec, Murdoch, Murdoch, Murdoch conundrum. Yeah. Even Trey Kennedy, who's like this hilarious comedian and he has a podcast, they were going off on it and someone sent it to me on TikTok. So I'm like, we've been saying this forever. Oh, and yeah. so, But so now the whole world collectively is confused. And I love it. I have stayed away from the trial coverage of this, surprisingly. Normally, I am very much involved in the full law tube coverage of what a breakdown of a televised trial like this. Yeah. I have had some other stuff going on, so I've not been involved in this one. And I'm kind of glad I didn't because this is my first experience of the trial was this dateline. Was it yours? Yeah. Great. So also don't come at us if we don't know things because we 
only know what's in what Dateline is showing us of the trial. Didn't you know that this happened? And that no, we actually don't know on this. Don't give us the la- crying laughing emoji. I don't. I feel like that's aggressive, and you're laughing at me when you're saying you don't know that. Nah, 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 they, or the hand, are. the palm on the forehead emoji. You can do that if we get a state capital wrong or something that's sure. like we should have learned from Fine. grade first through seventh if it's something we should have learned in that area and we're getting it wrong that's fine but if it's something like this we're telling you right now and if you're skipping this to get to the meat of our episode that's what you that's what you miss (laughs) sorry that's what happens here we go i'm excited though this was season 31 episode 20 this is hosted by craig melvin March 3rd, 2023 and the verdict literally just came out they had mere hours (laughs) to compile this episode, Dateline. I mean, I'm sure they had most of it done and then they inserted the verdict, but even the trial just happened. They didn't have a long time. It had to be so fast. So we go back to the beginning, which is not really the beginning. It's more the midsection of this saga, which was June 7th, 2021 in the low country of South Carolina. Hampton County. Hampton County, low country. Alec Murdoch called 911. And he's saying his wife and son were shot badly. Now, I'm going to just breeze through a lot of this because we've covered it ad nauseum in the previous eight and a half episodes on the Murdoch family. I don't know how many Dateline's done. Four? Is this the third or the fourth? And if I feel like you're not being detailed enough, I will interject. Thank you. So the cops on the body cam are saying, you're Alec. Is this the gun that you got from the house? Because he said he got a gun for protection. And he says, yes, this is a long story. My son was in a boat wreck. This is revenge. We've been getting threats. Literally, they've just arrived on the property. And he's immediately giving his theory as to why this happened, which we know is super sus when it happens in Dateline episodes. Is this the first time we've seen this body cam footage? We've never seen this before, right? A lot of it was new. Maybe we've seen some of it, but a lot of it seemed to be new to me. I did not remember most of it. Yeah. So he says, yes, my son's been getting threats. And then he says, did you check on them? They're dead, aren't they? And it's like a while he's giving theories as to what happened before he asked them if they've checked on them and if they are dead. So the paramedics also have body cams on? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Okay, so I think it's, he says that to the cops when they show up, and then as the paramedics come, then later he's like, I'm hoping that's not the same moment, but it might be. I just don't, I don't know. It's weird. We learn his name is Richard Alexander Murdoch, which is, it's actually Alecander. It's not. I'm going to say Alecander. Here's where I got upset the first time. This was my first moment of upset, because they say, what's your name? And he says, Alex. And I almost started crying. He goes, <laughs> Alex. Well, Richard Alexander Murdoch. He and says I was like, Alex? Yes. But everyone else calls him Alec. Even the sled guy is like, do you go by Alec? And he says, yes. Yes, I know. That was my second because point of contention. Because it's supposed to be a regional thing in that area. It's not all Southern before Southern people come at me. It's like a regional thing. Okay, here's what I think is happening. I think that when they ask him his name, he goes, Alex, I think he's about to say Alexander. Okay, and then and he I cuts think it. he cuts it. He goes, Alex, Richard, Alexander, mm. Murdoch. I think that's what's happening. But it threw me. So I was like, 
this is the Rihanna Rihanna moment that yeah. ruined my life yeah. for months of yeah, her saying, that. yeah, of her we saying, hey, that. everybody, this is Rihanna. And I was like, I, what's your name? Yeah. You're saying your own name, but everyone else in the world calls you Rihanna? This yeah. is like Chrissy Teigen. You just accept it. If it's your mate, you're famous, you just got to go with what everyone's going to call you. Would that drive you nuts? I would probably be like, it's a small price to pay. But yeah, it would drive me nuts. So this, the <laughs> cops at the scene know how important the family is. SLED, South Carolina Law Enforcement Division. Mm-hmm. They slide on down the hill into the scene. I don't have a lot of sled puns. So That was good. Okay. So everyone in town is buzzing. They all know how important this family is. Markoff, small town gossip mill. And we meet this random author who's writing two books about the case. We Michael don't get DeWitt. The, we don't get the name of either book. So not a lot of promotion. He hasn't written them yet. For He's Michael. in the process of writing them. Wouldn't he want us to know what their names are going to be so we could put them on our Amazon wish list? TBA. Yeah. So Maggie and Paul are sadly both shot at close range with different guns. Both guns are missing. Maggie is Alex's wife. Paul yes. is his youngest boy. Correct. But there were guns. Oh, yes. There were guns. Yeah. The property was used as a hunting lodge, and they had at least 27 guns in a family gun room, which is like a family room, except with guns. And instead of a TV and taboo and trivial pursuit and portraits of the family in matching denim, you have guns on the wall. I think they have the family in matching camo and tweed, number one. <laughs> and then I also think they did have games. I think there was a pool table. They discussed the pool table in yeah, that room. Yeah, there was a so pool table. It's like a games room for game. Game. Get and it? One of and game is games. the deadliest game. Right. Are, are they so hunting sh- more than game animals? And games. Most dangerous but, game. Correct. Also, to quote right. Wayne's World... I don't even own a gun, let alone many guns that would necessitate an entire room. What am I going to do with a gun room? That was for all those 90s kids out there like me who had Wayne's World memorized. That was really good. Your inflection was just right. That's exactly how Mike Myers talks. Thank you. I'm impressed. How big is that property? It was 100 and something acres. No, 1,700. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. 1,700 acres. They own three properties. This one, Moselle, was very remote. Do Uh, they live there? Is that the family home? Mostly, but I think they live in other places too. Because we learn more that Maggie wasn't going to be there or staying there that night. But she, we'll get to that. Thank so you. we meet family friends, Chris and Dana Wilson, and they have been friends with the family for 30 years. And Dana said that Maggie was a great mom to Buster and Paul. And they would have huge parties and events at the lodge property compound, whatever you're going to call it. And sure. they hosted the mayor, law enforcement, and hunting parties, et cetera. Now, a lot of people wonder why there weren't more cameras on the property, that there should have been security cameras for such a big property. I think it might be because they had so many wild parties there with people in law enforcement and mayors, and those people did not want to be filmed. That's one theory. That's Um, a good theory. I like that. Also, there's other stuff that was going on, 
legally there that I'll get to in a sec. And they might have not wanted cameras for all that stuff. So it's not that juicy. So Alec tells Sled, my son was in a boat wreck. There's been a lot of negative publicity and people online saying violent stuff. I wonder why. It's almost like your teenage son was drunk driving a boat and killed a 19-year-old girl. And then you, as the dad, tried to blame the crash on another boy that was in the boat. Everyone so, behaved really badly in that scenario. Because remember, like, Paul, wasn't Paul laughing? I will get to Paul. The, on the deck? Okay, I'm going to get right. to Paul. So okay. the lawsuit from Mallory Beach, who was the lovely 19-year-old who was killed in the boat crash, her family is suing Alec because he owned the boat that his son Paul was driving, and because he had condoned Paul's behavior over the years. Now, I did not watch the Netflix special, but I did get some information from the Netflix special that is on this case, and Paul's girlfriend speaks extensively in it about Paul's past behavior that the parents condoned. On the Netflix special, Paul's girlfriend says, Alec and Maggie would regularly give the teens alcohol at the property like drinks Mm. everywhere all of the friends would come over and get drunk with the parents there's even a photo of like them getting drunk on a boat together like the girlfriend and alec the dad like she's giving him a shot so there's lots of teenage drinking then Mm. this is bad two years before the boat crash paul drunk drove his car into a tree so He's with his girlfriend. The girlfriend panics and calls 911. Paul hangs up the phone and says, no, I'll get in trouble. Calls Alec and his grandfather, Randolph. They come over. They clean out his car, which had guns and beer cans in the trunk. Oh, my God. And they yell at the girlfriend for trying to call 911 because it would have gotten Paul in trouble. So they cover up this drunk driving accident two years before. Now, I don't want to say that they have blood on their hands and that maybe if this had been reported, Mallory might still be alive, but I just said it. I can see why they sued him. That makes a lot of sense now. I wish that Dateline went into that a tiny bit, but Dateline's on a time schedule. If you, this is your first introduction to Alex Murdoch. This is a very privileged, longstanding family of high repute in the area. They're but like with tons of well-known bad behavior. Right. And they're all lawyers. Yeah. All of them. The entire family all the way down and this lots is of shady dealings, old money in the South. Also, Maggie was going to maybe be named in the lawsuit for Mallory's death because she apparently knew that Paul was drunk the night that he took the boat out. So Wow. But Paul was nineteen when the boat nineteen. Yeah. So 17 when he crashed the car. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And they completely covered it up. So the lawyer had requested Alec's financial records as part of the lawsuit. And this is where it really gets, this is sort of the impetus for the whole thing. Right. So they're scheduled to appear in a hearing where Alec would be forced to reveal his financial records, which he had been fighting not to reveal. Sound familiar? Yes, it does. But a few days before he was going to be forced to reveal his financial records, Paul and Maggie were killed. So everyone is now backing off, forcing him to reveal the financial records, and they just want to be there for him and comfort him. And all of his friends are at Moselle. There's 
video of his friends. Well, the cops are coming to check out the scene. And in the gun room specifically, there's a bunch of friends and attorneys hanging out like it's a frat party, hanging around the pool table with red solo cups. And while the cops are there, like in just yards from the actual bloody crime scene. This is the day after the, the day crime? after. It's so strange. So that it's very much like the Jean Benet Ramsey case. Immediately the pa- the family called over yes. like every friend in town and they so were walking friends. all over the crime scene. So this So many friends. Yeah. So many friends. So this is the same. Also maybe Jews just do it differently like when we sit Shiva, there's no red solo cups. So this felt very strange to me. No, here I have been to several sort of wake or tragic sort of after things. Mm -hmm. And I have seen definitely if you are from a drinking family, there are drinks. But the red solo cups? If that's like kind of what you have down there in that game room, and that's where you're hanging out, it wouldn't really matter. I don't think that that would even come into play in the mind. So yeah, that's what I think is happening is that that just gets amplified in times of tragedy. It's combined by the fact that they're near a pool table. And that there are cops walking around, like, searching, and you guys are just chilling. Oh, no. That part of it's bizarre. It's very strange. If the cop thing wasn't happening, the other scene doesn't seem that weird to me. That seems like we're with our buddy. It is almost like a frat thing. Yeah. But the other, the fact that the cops are there and let those people stay in the game room, I would think that the entire house would be should be yeah. cornered off. Oh, for sure. It's very odd. And that might be because of the standing that the family had in the community. I think it's 100% because of the standing. Yeah. So the SLED organization questions all the passengers of the boat and their families because Alex said this is revenge for the boat. They all have alibis. So Alec really, if he had thought this through, should have come up with a second theory. This He should not have kept putting it all his eggs in the boat basket. That was a mistake. What do you think the theory? Make up some other enemy, like, a lo- like somebody he put away because he's a lawyer, or somebody he didn't get off when he was trying to, like somebody else or was needed, mad at him. needed to get more money for or something, or someone right. who thinks that I owe him money. Right. And so he's coming after my family. He yeah. vowed revenge. Yeah. So yeah. he's crying and talking and shaking to the sled guys and he says he's such a good boy too and every time he said that i just like i don't want to talk ill of the dead no one deserves to be shot by their parent obviously but i they're very much idealizing paul in a lot of this and in the netflix documentary the girlfriend says he did attack her physically really brutally several times so paul wasn't the greatest guy, but obviously that he didn't deserve this. I think that good is a relative term here. I think that Paul is a chip off the old block. So in Alex's mind, Paul is a very good boy. Mm -hmm. Paul's going to be somebody. Mm -hmm. Paul's going to be a real man. Although the girlfriend said that Paul was very self-conscious that he didn't live up to his dad's standards because he wasn't maybe going into the law practice, whereas Buster was going into law. So he felt like he did. Bust. So he felt like he did. He went into army and law. But so that Paul had some issues with his dad, like feeling like he was a loser or the black sheep of the family or something. Interesting. And he was causing the family all of this problems with the boat crash, where again, a young woman was killed. So, So then it makes it look like Alec is even more of a phony. 
with his, mm-hmm. with like alligator tears cuz mm-hmm. it's like okay so then alec Alec's dad, Randolph, unfortunately passes away. Now, I'm sure it is just days after, and I'm sure he was already quite ill. But the stress of this, you have to think, has... The stress of the last few years, Yeah, I would think. I mean, he's it's three days after. It's three days after, and he had just gone to the compound to meet console his son slash strategize so according to one of the journalists they were also strategizing and so he that was one and then he went home and he passed away so this had to be tremendously stressful the family tree is withering like the mighty sycamores during the drought of 89 when the cicadas were dying of thirst I don't good. know where I'm going with that. It was re- it sounded you said a lot of words together that sounded yeah. correct and Thank I you. appreciated it. Thank you. So Alec and his friend Chris, the one that has been friends with him for 30 years, they worked at different law firms but they sometimes worked together on cases and Chris inadvertently got involved in some of this shady financial stuff that Alec was doing. So mm-hmm. Alec was owed money by Chris for one of the cases they were working on. And he asked Chris to write him a check directly to himself and not to his firm. And Chris said, well, I've known this guy for 30 years. Sure. I have no reason not to believe him. Sure. And then a few months later, Alec says, no, actually, they have to be paid to the firm. So I'm going to write you a check back for that money, which was almost $800,000. And instead, he only paid him 600000 So Chris had to make up some of that money. And he just thought this whole thing was getting kind of shady. And Alex's law firm was also thinking stuff was going on with Alec that was shady. So they were looking into missing money. They confront Alec about it. And that very night, Maggie and Paul were killed. So this was just everything coming to a head. And it's days before he is going to have to reveal his financial records to Mallory Beach's lawyer. So after the murders, no one's asking questions about the missing money. We're just, we want to make sure you're okay, Alec. And even the civil case lawyer that was representing Mallory Beach's family stopped investigating Alec. That's what he calls him. Oh, man. But then, so he was like, I'm giving it time. We're probably dropping this. He just suffered this horrible tragedy. So, but then he finds out about this other lawsuit that Alec is involved in, which is involving the death of the Murdoch's housekeeper, Gloria Satterfield, which had happened years before. And I believe we went into that a lot in the last episode we did about the Murdoch case. That was one that was heavily focused on heavily featured yeah. and basically she fell down the stairs in and a tripped over a dog suspicious Trip- way tripped over one of the hunting dogs right and she died and alec got life insurance and he ended up sharing that money with a couple of his cronies and giving almost none of it to gloria's family it was four million Settled. Yes. They got 505000 out of right. the $4 million. Right. Including her children, one with special needs. It was horrible. Horrible. So her family is also suing Alec for this. So yeah. there's a ton of other allegations that come forward. Best friend Chris Wilson is shocked. And he said, I need to meet with you. 
what the F is going on? And Alex started crying into paper towels, which was an odd detail Chris gave. They didn't have tissues, I guess. And Alec never has a tissue this whole episode, and he needs a tissue. So much snot later, like rivers of snot. So yeah. he starts crying and says, I have a drug addiction, and it's been going on for 20 years. I'm addicted to pills, and I've been stealing money. He admits it all to his friend. Later that day, Alec calls 911 and says he was shot at on the side of the road with a f- he had got a flat tire, someone shot at him. Chris immediately thinks I think he tried to kill himself. Days later, Alec admits this whole thing was fake. He had gotten this friend this is a whole nother oh, that's, date again, line. Go back to the next, to the last episode that we had on this with Craig Melvin. And right. And he says he out. got that friend to shoot him. And the friend said he didn't shoot him. It was an accident. And they, and they But basically, Alec did set up the whole thing because he wanted life insurance for Buster, his remaining son. So he admits to this to the police. He admits to the drugs. He's fired by his law firm. He's facing multiple charges for fraud. And he's being looked at for the murders at this time. So now he is in jail for a lot of this stuff and he is serving so many looks throughout this episode, just many transformations, as many transformations as there are pronunciations of his name. Oh, that's true. The first one is regular Alec that we're used to seeing, which is always sunburned, except for the white around the eyes where the sunglasses are. He transforms, look to, is blue jumpsuit. He's lost a ton of weight. Bright yellow hair, though, still. Less sunburn because prison. Because prison. Mm -hmm. And then look transformation three. He is suddenly bald in one of these hearings with a shaved head. He's much more pale because prison. And he's in a button down trying to look just great. There's another shot where he's wearing an orange jumpsuit in a mugshot shaved head and the mugshot the jumpsuit is like this oh so with an sh- off the shoulder jumpsuit he's doing an off the shoulder look he's showing off his clavicle it's a choice it's the it's we call it the les miserables <laughs> we call it the cosette yeah i could see that it's also like very fashion you know like it could that's be called a, fashion fashion he's going through as many looks with his style and his hair as Katie does, I might say. How dare you? How very dare you? Take it back. How could he possibly take care of his hair through the stress of his trials and the low country weather? Yeah, I mean, I think humidity is like the least of his problems, (laughs) but let's just say he's maintaining. No, actually, in one of the pictures, he has no hair. Right. Well, it's like shaved, buzzed. I think because it was so damaged, he should have gotten some pros leave-in conditioner. He should have gotten a lot of things, but pros is definitely the first step to having a great head of hair. In all of your mugshots. In all of your mugshots, or just in daily life. Switching to a custom routine from pros is one of the best things I have ever done for my hair. And I've done a lot of horrible things to my hair. Mm. I feel like it's a gift that I'm giving my hair by Mm -hmm. using pros. The results I'm seeing just keep getting better and better. My hair is so much smoother, shinier, and stronger, even with the bleach process I use on it. Because my formula from pros is uniquely formulated and they know all about my damage level, Mm -hmm. my hair doesn't have that crazy 
sort of frazzled, over-processed appearance as it used to in the days before pros. I use a shampoo-conditioner combo as well as this amazing smelling hair oil, and I also use a pre-shampoo treatment, which is really cool and saves my hair, especially on weeks when I am bleaching it. Pros knows that there is more to you than just your hair type, aka my damage level, and Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. It's really easy. All you have to do is answer questions about you, which everyone loves to do. Easy questions like your zip code, your eating habits, your exercise, and the kind of things that you've done to your hair over the years. And by analyzing 85 personal factors, Pros handpicks clean ingredients that get you closer to your hair goals with every single wash or pre-shampoo treatment. My favorite feature is Pros' review and refine tool, which lets me tweak my formulas for any reason in case I change up my address, which I might move next week. You just never know with me. My hair color, or even my diet. I'm constantly changing, and pros can keep up with me through their review and refine tool. As a carbon-neutral certified B Corp, pros is an industry leader in clean, responsible beauty, and all of their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon-neutral. And if you're not 100% positive that pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they will take the products back, no question questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair care regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash date dateline. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash date dateline for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. You can trust the pros at pros to manage your damage level. Thank you so much, pros. Thank Strike you, pros. 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 Katie, if I would ask you to name a song by Dolly Parton, could you do it in under 15 seconds? Go. Nine to five. What about the capital of Canada? What about the origin for kebabs? Greek. So you are a candidate to play trivia star now and prove your knowledge. I'm good. Is it Greek? Do I win? I don't know. Trivia Star is a free mobile trivia game with over 60 different categories that you get to choose from, including music. Mm, That's Katie's. TV. I could do that. Animals. I could do that. Celebrities. Done. If you choose the correct answer from multiple choices and beat the clock, you move on to the next level. It gets harder over time, but it starts easy. If you get stuck, you can use coins and gems and hints to beat the level. Right now, Trivia Star is offering you... 2,500 coins and 500 gems (gasps) when you download and play. I've been playing Trivia Star because the last time I went to Trivia Night, this was before COVID, I came in super confident, like hubris at a 12. Don't do that. Don't do that. I left super ashamed. So tail between my legs. I felt like Jon Snow. I know nothing. And then we went on that cruise and we got second place in the Harry Potter trivia game because Katie was off into like a I was the in slot the, tournament the slot competition. And yeah. it really did a wonder to my self-confidence. It's, it's very brutal. disheartening. It's so I, what I'm going to do is study and I'm going to improve my brain in 2023. And then I'm going to another trivia night and I'm going to impress a room full of strangers 
That is my vow because I'm sick of all these like, I'm going to be healthier. That's my resolution. No. Excuse you. I'm going to embarrass strangers by beating them at trivia. That is my new resolution. Can I text you if I don't know a question? Yeah, but you're on the time. You're on a clock. So I might not answer in time. Okay, we'll see. I definitely won't answer in time, so don't text me. Trivia Star has thousands of five-star reviews in Apple Store and is the number one trivia game on the App Store. Download it today to challenge yourself. Go to the Apple or Google Store and search for Trivia Star. Download Trivia Star for free today and get ready to flex your brain muscles. I love it. Baby, you're not just going to be a star. You're going to be a (laughs) trivia star. Thank you, Trivia Star. Back to the case. The trial starts in January of 2023, which again, just happened. And Walterboro, South Carolina felt like the center of the universe. Craig Melvin tells us, I love Craig Melvin. Can I just say he's so handsome. He's so smart. I really enjoy him. I consider him the fifth unofficial host of Dateline. He's been with us this whole time. Yeah. He's the Jake. Yeah. Yeah. He comes in in the pinch mm-hmm. in, a, in a case. So camera crews are there from all over the country. They're waiting in line for press passes. There are food trucks serving breakfast, oh which, gosh. God, that made me hungry. Oh, I yeah. would love a, a food breakfast, truck breakfast right now. A breakfast food truck. If you uh-huh. haven't done that, do that once in your life. So Find good. one. So the place is crawling with reporters. So Alec arrives at the courthouse and his hair is now grown back, but it's whiter but with like yellowy patches and he's wearing a button down and khakis and a jacket is draped over his handcuffs, which is a very sly move. Hide those bracelets. I don't know if I've seen that before. Are we going to talk about Craig Melvin calling it business casual now or are we waiting for fashion (laughs) police for that? It really is. I murdered my family business casual. But why? Why is he wearing that? Well, there has to be some sort of strategy that his defense team thought of. Like, he didn't maybe want to look too formal because he'd look like a swarmy lawyer, maybe. So he wanted to look, but he didn't want to look like he wasn't taking it seriously. So maybe there had to be some middle ground. Like what you'd wear to, like, church barbecue. It's like what you'd wear to your somebody's recital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recital wear. I feel like this is an important trial. And we're in the South. I just don't see, I just don't get business casual for this. What would you have worn? A, su- a suit? A suit. You're I a think, lawyer. I think it makes, I think they don't want to remind people that he's a lawyer because it makes him look shady AF because you think lawyers are liars. No offense. That's just the running joke. And I, I'm not saying that it, that's true. I'm just saying that's what the stereotype is. And he, everyone knows about the financial crimes that he's done within his law firm. So when they think of him as a lawyer, they think of him as a bad lawyer. I think there was a lot of strategy that went into this. I think you're totally right. I think you're. I think, I think that's exactly what everything. happened. Because it's not just him that's not wearing a tie. It's actually, if you look at the defense side, it's all of them. None maybe of them they're are. trying to be like we're. We don't even think this is legitimate. This is a ruse. Yeah, maybe they're not dignifying it. W- yeah, or maybe that's just what they wear there. They don't wear ties. Yeah, that's possible too. It does get super hot in the South. It's all jackets and collared shirt, but several buttons undone. Yeah, several buttons undone. So um, very strange to me. So generations of Murdochs have tried cases in this courthouse. In fact, there is a family portrait that was taken down 
on the judge's orders, which is the irony is as it's, sweet as the mint juleps Mama Murdoch sipped on the front porch in her rocking chair underneath the sycamores. <laughs> I don't know if there's sycamores, but I keep saying sycamores. Sending people to the clank. <laughs> How about the Weeping Willas? The Weeping Willas. There you go. So the prosecution says the motive was distraction. Distraction from his troubles. He committed a greater crime to cover up these lesser financial crimes. And then they also say the storm was coming for Paul and Maggie. and he. But the storm was also coming for Alec. And he was the storm. There's lots of storms. And he I don't, got lost in it. I'm I not, was lost. Look, I like the prosecutor. And I don't know. Again, I have not seen this trial. I don't know if this prosecutor is terrible. But he seems like he's good. And he seems I liked like he's him. doing his thing. And he said the storm thing confidently. It just was, the analogy was not extremely clear. I was not clear. There were several storms. There were multiple and I didn't storms on di- different storm fronts. Storm on storm. So we do get to see quite a bit of Ginger Buster at this point. I've never... S- Wait, explain Ginger Buster. Ginger Buster sounds like a person. There is a man named Buster who is a ginger who is Alex's oldest son. I've No ginger has ever gingered as hard as Buster Ginger's. It's an impressive amount of pigmentation. Red. Face and hair. So He is. If you were to describe a a redhead, it would be Buster Murdoch. Yeah, it's like a it's like Archie cut like it's like It's like Archie. Yeah, a, it is. It's Archie. A cartoon mm-hmm. character of red. So Alex Lawyer, who is a member of South Carolina Senate. Oh yeah. <laughs> And I kept hearing Oscar Martinez going, "What kind? who's the senator? Oh, the state senator. <laughs> I don't know. It's so That's, funny to Yeah, me. exactly right. So he says, it is my honor to represent Alec Murdow. He says, Murdow. Yes, he sure does. We, so, I can't. And then he says, I submit to you that these facts, in quotes, okay, presented buddy. to you Calm down. are not Calm down. facts. And we're like, okay, we'll see. So then he Let's, makes Alec wait. stand up. Yeah. Let's also just say their names really quick. The defense attorney is Dick Harputlian and Jim Griffin. Yep. So he makes Alex stand. Alex, stand up. Everyone look at Alec. And I was like, no, don't have people look at Alec. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. He looks guilty. He looks exactly like Eric C. Khan, like they could be twins. <laughs> if, you, if you don't Identical. know who that is, you have to join our Patreon slash Supercast and listen to our two-part episode on Eric C. Khan. And then go watch the big con on Apple Plus. Yeah. It's shocking. So Alec towers over everyone like Lurch. He's so tall and has creepy pasty face. Don't draw attention to this man. So we meet the sergeant who was the first to respond to the scene who has the darkest, blackest stubble beard I've ever seen. Very handsome. He says, literally the second we got there, Alec says, this is revenge for the boat thing. Like immediately. The minute. Alex says he had taken a nap whilst Paul and Maggie went to the dog kennels. But there's a video. This video, I remember when this video came out. This proves he's a big fat liar in case we didn't know. Wait, you saw this like in the news? Yeah, yeah. So there's a video on Paul's cell phone that they recover from 844, which is when Alec is supposed to be napping in the house. And it's at the kennels. And this is minutes before the shooting is supposed to happen. And you hear them and you see them like 
taking care of the dogs in the kennels, which let's get those dogs inside. I know a lot of people don't like dogs inside. I like dogs inside. So I I know it's a different lifestyle. So they, there's a man's voice on the tapes saying, come here, Bubba, come here, Bubba, to one of the dogs. And they ask 10 people, the prosecutors, whose voice is this? And they all say Alec. Or some say Alex, some say Alec. But the essence of it is that it's all Alec on the tapes when he's yeah. supposed to be in the house sleeping minutes before the murders. And so during this part, Alec is so uncomfortable. His foot is tapping. He's shaking at his table. He looks so uncomfortable at this Why point. Why is he – he it's such visible body language that I'm like, what – you – if I was a jury member, that would sway me. And yeah. I would see him sort of twittering in his yeah. seat, sort of twitching. No, you look guilty. No. For a lawyer, he should know better than that. So Alec had said, I napped after dinner, then I visited my mom. His mom's character caretaker said he arrived at 9.20, which he never came over that late. He came and she was sleeping. The mom was sleeping. He never even got to see the mom. The caretaker said he was fidgeting the whole time. He stayed for 15 minutes and he went home. The following week, he came over and he coached the caretaker to say that he was there for 30 to 40 minutes. She felt like he was pressuring him to say something totally different. Days later, he shows up early in the morning at his mom's house with what the caretaker thought was a blue tarp, and he runs upstairs. She tells the police this. They search the closet. They find a blue raincoat with that tarp plastic material, and they test it for GSR, and they find a ton of gunshot residue in it. Why would he hide that in his mom's closet? Because we all know where that goes. In a dumpster behind Taco Bell. Always. Ripped to shreds. Always. Or in, in a fire in pit. three towns over. In a different state. Yeah. In Nor- Raleigh, North Carolina. And, in but a different Carolina. they're not tracking your phone or your car to know that you're going to dumpsters and other places. In a rental yeah. car without your cell phone. In your friend's car, no yeah. cell phone in Raleigh, North Carolina behind Taco Bell. What yeah. is he doing? This I is so, He's a lawyer. I know. Also, that woman was no nonsense, by the way. I just want to I love that caretaker. Really she yeah. was unbelievable and was not afraid of him at all. And was like, no, I'm telling you exactly what you did. Yep. And she, you know he tried to bully her. And she's, no, not having it. You know he's behind on payments to her. Uh-huh. So Maggie's sister takes the stand. And she tells the jury that the family was scared that the killer would target Alec next and Buster. But Alec never seems scared. that someone was coming after him now and she's staring him down on the stand shaking her head at him until eventually like if you're staring at a dog to show your dominance he lowered his head maggie's sister good job maggie's sister should just be labeled fancy lady (laughs) old money i don't know what to call her because she's just very classy looking yeah yeah she did a great job yeah, she did. So she says the reason Maggie was there that night, because I guess she was going to stay at one of the other oh, properties, yeah. is because Alex specifically asked her to go there. Come to the property. My dad is really sick. And Maggie's sister said, yeah, you should go. It's his dad. You should go and support him. So she encouraged her sister to go to Moselle, whatever it's called, that day. She feels guilty about it, which she obviously shouldn't. So then they show one of Alex's interviews in the car with the sled. And he says, I tried to turn both of them over and check their pulse, but as limited as possible. 
you know, because he's a lawyer, he didn't want to upset the crime scene. But he should have blood on his hands, his clothes, somewhere if he did try to touch them, check for a pulse, and turn them over. He looked clean when they got there. It looked like clean set of clothes, totally washed up. Yeah, no. In the car, he also says, oh boy. So this is the new yammy, yanny, yam, what is it? Yanny Laurel. Yanny Laurel, yanny Laurel blue gold dress situation. No, we, can't, we can't go back. And so Alex says to Sled, and he's crying, it's just so bad. I did him so bad. Or it's just so bad. They did him so bad. So the prosecution plays it for this expert guy. And he says, no, he says, I did him so bad. Then they play it. They play it slow. (laughs) No, but it's high pitched. It's like, no, I did. Because he's crying. So he's in it. It sounds like they put Robert Durst in a dry, rusted blender at top speed with no liquid in it. With Mm -hmm. helium. Mm -hmm. And to me, it sounds like they did him so bad to me. Me But Okay, that's interesting. So I did ask... Immediately when it was slowed, I was like, oh no, he says they. That's what I heard. I heard Mm -hmm. maybe I first, but then I heard they. So I did ask our Twitter followers right before we recorded. Oh, Interesting. Because I was very curious. So let's see. I got 71%. They got 28, almost 29%. In the slowed version? In the slowed version, it's very clearly they. Not according to our listeners. It's This is the dress. Barry Wine said, my boyfriend heard they at normal speed. I heard I. And then at the slow speed, we both flipped. (laughs) So that helps not at all. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I hear they, but he does have a southern accent. Maybe it's like the, oh, the, I can't do it. But it's they. It's, I, that, <laughs> thy. Maybe thy. he said thy. He said thy. That's, that was it. He went to Shakespeare times. I am not trying to cause trouble. I'm glad you heard the same thing I did. I, I hear heard they. they. I heard they in the slow down version. Yeah. The minute they played the slow down, I was like, oh, he does say they. Yeah. And I watched the courtroom. Did you watch the people in the courtroom? They all went, oh, peas and carrots, peas and carrots, peas and carrots. All of a sudden, very quick. So That's a the theater callback for all you theater nerds out there. there I loved it. So prosecutors try to talk about his financial crimes. And of course, the defense says, you can't talk about that. That's not what this trial is about. But the judge decides that the financial crimes are so linked to the murder because they think it's the whole motive for the murder that they allow it in. And the thing about that, I think that's great. But even if they hadn't, find me 12 jurors in that town that didn't already know all about the financial crimes. Everyone knew about the financial crimes at this point. And they know, yeah, they want all the juicy. It's big gossip for a small area. No, I totally get it. For the whole world, it was big gossip. So No, it it was. The CFO of the law firm takes the stand and she confronted Alec about the missing money the day of the murder. And they're having this awkward conversation where he's being a little hostile and kind of giving her mean looks. And she had never seen that side of him. They get a call, their conversation's interrupted, saying his father is very ill. So then what happens, the CFO, of course, says, 
oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Go be with your dad. We don't need to talk about this. Don't worry. I just want to make sure you're okay. And I think if he hadn't planned this whole thing already, that could have been the moment where he's like, this is, I prey on people's emotions, a distraction. I just need sympathy from people. And then all this stuff goes away because the CFO literally just changed, dropped the financial stuff. And it became a personal conversation where she was worried about me. Mm. If he hadn't already realized how to manipulate people like this, that was a great reminder. And then that very night, Paul and Maggie were killed. So, and after the murders, they stopped asking questions about the financial crimes because they were just concerned for him. They wanted to be there for him because of this tragedy. But do you also think that this is probably his strongest grounds of appeal is going to be that the judge allowed this information in? I feel like this is what he's going to go on. That oh, this yeah, should not sure. have been allowed into trial. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. that if they asked for a change of venue and were denied, that's going to be another one. Right. So Special Agent Sled, he spent a year using all of the cell phone data from everyone involved to build a timeline of the murder. And <gasps> it shows that, yes. He's amazing. Yeah. For a year, he did all this. And he shows that Maggie and Paul's phones went silent at 8.50, which is when they think the murder happened at the kennels. And Alex's phone, which had been quiet for a while, suddenly became very busy. He was walking a lot, getting his steps in. 902 to 906, 75 steps per minute. Yeah, That's a lot of steps. He's high-stepping. You're running. He is maybe cleaning up the crime scene, doing, getting rid of guns, dry, gets in his car, drives to his mom's house. Now he drives 42 miles per hour, so like a normal speed. But when the car gets to a certain location on the road, which is where they found Maggie's phone later on the side of the road, the car speeds up to 74 miles per hour. He slowed down to throw the phone. He's yeah. at 42 miles an hour, but he's 70 the rest of the time. So 70 it's a, after that. He's normally going fast, but he, when it's slowed, it's like he's doing an action. Yes, he's throwing the phone yeah. out the window, presumably. Exactly. Maybe guns, too, because they don't know oh. which guns were ever used. They don't know if they have the guns. This is a frustrating thing for me. You take the stupid raincoat to your mm -hmm. mother's house. Yeah. But the guns mysterious. So why did were, did you hide the guns well enough? Right. That somehow the raincoat, you couldn't figure that part out? Right. Bizarre. So he drives home after his mom's house, 80 miles per hour. He gets home at 10.05 and he calls 911 20 seconds later. So in 20 seconds, he finds the bodies, tries to turn them over, checks their pulses, calls 911. 20 seconds. No, because he already knew they were dead because he had done it before. Uh, absolutely. This is such damning evidence, this timeline. You don't want to wait too long to call 911 because that's super shady, but I've never seen someone call 911 too quickly. I think that it also must have felt like forever to him. Mm -hmm. So if he is high when this is happening and he's sort of like pacing around and he's got his phone he's like okay this has been long enough but it's it's not <laughs> it's actually long seconds. enough but you're yeah. feeling he feels like it's forever you yeah know? that's an interesting point mm -hmm. yeah time moves differently in stressful situations and drugs yeah 
Yeah. So the defense criticizes the way the police walk through the scene, maybe disturb the evidence. And the defense is honestly kind of a D-bag to the witnesses. So they have one of these law enforcement women on the stand and he says, do you have any idea what evidence they may have destroyed? And she says, I have no idea. And he says, that's right. You don't. Oh, my gosh. I was like, dang. Call it down. The prosecution does a good job, and you they can do. tell that they're hard-hitting, but yeah. the defense is a little bit slimier. Slimier. I will say. Sorry, yeah. and the prosecution's name, by the way, was Creighton Waters, which is a fantastic <laughs> name for the prosecution. Creighton Waters. Creighton Waters. I love yeah. that. Yeah, and also, I just wanted to say really quick that the prosecution called 61 witnesses, which I found wild. Yeah, that that's is a lot. so many people on the stand. Yeah. So we are getting the shortened version of this trial. Yes, 61 absolutely. witnesses. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, sorry. So Go back to now it's the defense. Go ahead. Defense asks the law enforcement, this killed me. So you draw an investigative circle around potential suspects, and Alec was in that circle. Law enforcement. No, we don't draw a circle around any individual. We work within the crime scene, which is what we consider the circle. Defense attorney, there was a circle that was only around Alec. He was the only living, breathing person inside the circle. Get off Law the enforcement. He was the only person that we could place in the circle no, at done. the time. Stop saying circle if i was Stop a jury it. member i you know like when you're a kid and you're in temple or you're at a play or something or you're supposed to be quiet for some reason and you think what if i just screamed what if my body just yeah. decides to scream and i don't i can't control it and everyone stares and what that's how i would feel as a jury stop saying circle i can't i would have my little notepad and just be drawing just circle, circle, circle circle and then it like draws a, it makes a hole in the paper because you're just going it, so hard with your pen it makes you just disregard the minute you stop start. Saying he's, stop saying, saying it. I'm done with you. Yeah. Mm-mm. Also, I think they're trying to say like they zoomed in too hard on Alec by making this circle around him. But you're making your own case against yourself by saying he was the only living, breathing person in the circle. And then they're saying so you're saying there's a crime scene. Two people are dead and there's one living person there. The one living person did it. So you're not making your case right now. So just stop saying circle. Stop it. So police did not swab anything, any tubs, any sinks to see if Alec rinsed off, cleaned up, washed blood or GSR. They didn't take any fingerprints at the scene. They didn't test his clothes. This is bad. Sled, you crashed into a tree. That is not good. You should have done a better job. It's bad. So the defense takes an interesting stand which we love which is our client is a liar (laughs) he's a liar a thief and a cheese and a cheese your honor he lied about being at the kennels that night that was him on the tape but just because he's a liar and he stole all this money doesn't mean that he's a murderer and Really, we talk about it on Dateline all the time that it's hard to really know someone. You could be dating a guy that seems great, and then you find out he's been dyeing his red hair black, and his real last name is Murdoch, and you've been dating a Murdoch, and you didn't even know. You never know anybody. So to be safe, to not wind up on Dateline, put your dating life in the hands of the professionals with Talkify. It's the country's number one modern matchmaking service that's designed to help you achieve relationship status. 
what they do is they meet with you. They find out what you're looking for. Then they hand select and screen potential matches doing background checks. Hello. There no we go. dateline for you. There we go. They do video interviews. They ask the tough questions that are too awkward for the first dates. They like do everything that's bad about dating for you. So you can do the easy fun stuff. They plan the intros. They handle all the communications so it's safe and stress-free. Yeah. You're not going to wind up being set up with the latest Tom Rudolph, the widower, the latest Pam Hupp. Great. You can trust and talk by. And 80% of match clients met their person within the first 12 matches. That's wow, amazing. Oh, that's great. And right now, Talkify is offering our listeners 20% off when you become a client at talkify.com slash date dateline. That's T-A-W-K-I-F-Y dot com slash date dateline for 20% off when you become a client. Talkify.com slash date dateline. It's time to get talking. Let's give them something to talk if I about, <laughs> and it's going to be my mom's dating life. Can't yes. wait. Get ready, mom. Speaking of your mom, I have an idea that she is going to wear something super fabulous when Talkify sets her up on a date. And I think from head to toe, it's going to be classy. If I know Liz, she knows style. Yeah. And I'm in my mom's house right now, and I've noticed she started to do her spring shoe transition. And if you're not familiar with this, it's what happens when you put away the boots and then you bring out the spring shoes. But spring footwear is great because spring footwear sometimes involves flats. And I know how to put the best spring in your step. And that's with Rothy's. And some of you out there are going to know about Rothy's because Rothy's are incredible. My mom and I have been fans of Rothy's for years, and I have bought my mom several pairs as gifts. She is obsessed. They are her favorite shoe. They're so comfortable. And let me tell you why. Rothy's flats are made to last. All the styles are machine washable. This is a shoe you can wash. You pop out the insole, separate the shoe, put them in the washer, let them air dry, and you're done. Your Rothy's are like back to good as new. And what Rothy's also does is they make a really comfortable shoe, super stylish. So let's say you're looking to play with color this spring. Rothy's releasing all these bright shoes and bags throughout the season so you can freshen up your wardrobe with just really cheerful shades. They've got periwinkle, tangerine, and then you can pair these with their really chic black and white gingham. It's such a cute pairing. I love it. And it makes you sort of want to try a little harder. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Not just throw on your flip-flops? Yes. Not looking at you. Just saying in general. No, I felt that. Because they're such a comfortable shoe that you almost feel like you're wearing something like a flip-flop. Yes. From their iconic lightweight tote to the fan favorite shoes like the flat, the point, and their all-new almond loafer, you can find an irresistible range of hues designed to make you smile. I have experience with the point. My mom is the biggest fan of just the flat, which is just a classic ballerina flat. And I am now an excited new owner of the Almond Loafer, which is a driving loafer that are so cute. And it makes me feel like a classy East Coast lady when I oh, wear I can them. See that. There is something about the shape of Rothy's that no matter what your toe shape preference, so if you like a pointed flat or you like a round flat, first, they're so comfortable, they feel like an extension of your foot. And more importantly, I feel like they are incredibly flattering on the ankle and leg. Mm-hmm. The way that Rothy's has designed their shoes, it elongates your calf and your ankle area. I don't know how they've done it, but the design is brilliant and the comfort is five star. 
by the way, speaking of stars, they have over 45,000 five-star <gasps> reviews and counting. The quality is amazing. Please go to rothys.com and check out all the incredible options. They have new colors coming out for the season. Or go with one of the classics. Get a classic black flat. Get a classic nude mm-hmm. point, And you'll see what I'm talking about. Once you try Rothy's, it will be hard to buy other flats. That's what great shoes they are. My mom is obsessed and talks about them all the time. And now <laughs> she wants to branch out into prints. And she's thinking she needs an animal print. <laughs> Everything, by the way, at Rothy's is sustainably made with their signature threads spun from single-use plastic bottles oh i love that they're a fantastic shoe a great company for stylish and comfortable shoes shop rothy's today and you can get 20 dollars off your first purchase at rothy's.com forward slash date that's r-o-t-h-y-s.com slash date I am so excited to be sponsored by rothy's i know i was really excited when this came through so thank you so much rothy's facts are facts and the fact is Rothy's are flat out the best. Yes. Thank you, Rothy's. Thank you, Rothy's. So Buster, he has sat through the whole trial and then takes the stand, which I thought was strange because usually I feel like you're not supposed to watch if you're going to take the stand. At least our good friend Fizz, Liz, when she testified at her mom's trial, she was not allowed to watch the trial. You're not allowed. Yeah. Because I don't know why (laughs) that he was allowed to watch. If anyone knows, let me know. Is it because he's a Murdoch? Maybe. Or maybe because he wasn't a direct witness and his testimony was really just about how his dad was upset after. That's really all he says. His dad was heartbroken. He's a character witness. He's a character witness. Exactly. So Alec's brother, also a character witness, says Alec was so upset. And he tells a very brutal story about how he took it upon himself to sort of clean up the blood and the crime scene the day after. And he did that for Paul, his nephew. And he promised Alec he would find out who did it. And he was there. And Alec is crying as his brother's testifying. So his job is to humanize Alec. But he doesn't. That's why I didn't like that story. I think it's unbelievably sad. But what it does is it humanizes, his name is John Martin. It humanizes him. It humanizes the brother, John. Right. But didn't do much to humanize Alec in your eyes. Do you think it did? Well, he was crying or appearing to cry. So do you Um, think that he did that so it would make him cry? So it would... Yeah, probably. All right. So they just are... They're preying on the audience not being true crime people. True crime people know that even if someone is extremely genuinely upset after Mm -hmm. a murder, it doesn't mean they didn't do it. Sometimes you are extremely upset over a murder that you have just done. Or you can pretend to be upset. And you'll never know. So... All of these witnesses that say he was so upset, it doesn't mean that much. It sort of is an, it's a non-swaying thing for me one way or the other. Well, because we've already gone into the lie, which right. is the lie that he said he wasn't in he wasn't in the kennel. And he right. clearly so was he's in the kennel. lying about that. Could he have been lying about being upset? Or could he just have been upset? He was a desperate man who was in a lot of trouble. He killed his family and he was upset about the fact that he did it, but it doesn't mean he didn't do it. So hmm. then Alec takes the stand and wow. <laughs> Craig Melvin tells us directly to the camera, most offensive lawyers will tell their clients not to testify. But this is Alec Murdoch, a lawyer from a long line of lawyers. 
This just was so bad. You knew you knew he was going to do it because all of these killers that are think they're smart, they think they're convincing. I mean, I would too. I would. I, I would, would too. too. I would insist on it if I was innocent. I would insist on it. But that doesn't make it less of a bad idea. But you have to put him on in this case because of that lie. You yeah. have to put him on to explain it because you don't have anyone else that can explain it. Right. Everyone else is point. just saying he's lying. We don't know why he lied. The only one that's going to be able to say why is him. That's a great point. So right away they ask, they say, Alec, did you blow your son's brains out? Yeah, this shock value thing is, I don't know how I feel about it. I think it's distasteful. It's distasteful. And then <laughs> you really got me because he says, did you blow your son's brains out on June 7th or any day at any time? And Alex says, no, I didn't. I didn't shoot my son or my wife anytime ever. And this killed me because we know it's on June 7th. June 7th is the day in question. No one is second guessing or thinking they were killed another day. So you don't need to ask him if he killed them on another day. And it's not like you could kill someone twice and he could be like, well, no, I killed them in May, but I definitely didn't kill them in June. Like they were only killed on June 7th. So you don't need to go, not on any time, in any way. That's what you'd ask if someone cheated on their wife, something that could happen multiple times. How would you do this if you were a lawyer? If you were a lawyer, how would you have him, how would you do this? If you wanted to do this at the beginning, how would you do it? I would start very soft and be like, I'm so sorry for your loss. Oh, smart. I guess what I'm trying to say is if that's your opening, and that was the opening of their questioning to him was that blow your brains out type question that really, mm-hmm. it's really jarring and whatever. Mm-hmm. To get him to just say, I would not do that any day at any time is not the first thing you want them to hear. The first mm-hmm. thing you want them to hear is I would give anything that right. my son was sitting here instead of me. Tell us about Paul. Tell us about Maggie. Yes. Exactly. Something like Something that. Like that. This is such a bad, it, it's weird because I know these are high paid attorneys, but this was dumb. This was not yeah. smart. So Alec admits that it was him on the kennel video, which they just couldn't dispute it. Way too many people said that that sounded just like him. I didn't think yeah. they were going to admit it. I thought they would just say that wasn't him. The video was altered that, you know, no, he says, yeah, it was him. I lied to sled. He said, I was at the kennel. I wasn't taking a nap at that time. He said he was on up to 60 pills a day. So he became paranoid. He distrusted the police. Now he's crying, kind of, and we'll talk more about the crying. And he says, I lied about being down there. And I'm so sorry. We have to do a trigger warning for people that have mouth noise problems. I'm <laughs> so sorry. Have, if you have misophonia, yeah, you probably don't want to watch him on the stand because there's a lot of mouth noises going on. When I started to notice it, I had to lean back. Yeah. I was like, stop doing that, please. Why are you smacking? Yeah. it's a, There's just like odd stuff going on in his mouth. He's smacking. There's just like saliva rolling around or it's dry. It's not enjoyable. It's too intimate. I can't do the mouth noise. It's It's too too intimate. intimate. Yeah. So he says, I'm sorry I lied. And once I lied, I continued to lie. Oh, what a tangled web we weave. I couldn't believe he said it. He sure did. 
So uh, I couldn't believe he did it. It was like he, he was being a lawyer for someone else and that he would that was part of his opening statement. Also, when he's on the stand, he refers to Maggie as Mags and Paul as Papa. No. Nope. Now, according to most people that I saw in all the videos they saw of him, he did not ever refer to them as that. But when he's on the stand, he says it repeatedly like how could you not be around Papa and have a good time? I loved being around Papa. Like instead of saying him, where you would just use a pronoun, he says Papa. It's almost like they coached him to use fond nicknames to make it sound like he was super close and loved them and wouldn't kill them. It's like we're watching a movie about a Southern trial and mm -hmm. we can see the behind the scenes. The behind the scenes strategy. Mm-hmm. So Maggie apparently asked him to go to the kennels with her that night because Bubba the dog got, he caught a chicken. Bubba caught a was chicken. His name, was the dog's name Bubba or they Bubba. called him two things? No, there's two dogs. Oh. One is Bubba yeah. and he caught a chicken. But so Alec helped wrestle the chicken away from the Bubba. From Bubba. I don't like it. There was a this. chicken catastrophe. This poor chicken. Why I'm is the chicken so there? I'm so scared for this chicken. Why like, is the chicken in the dog pen? I don't know. I'm so sad for that chicken. And I don't blame the dog. That's his instinct. And he's been trained to be a hunting dog. But so then he says he set the chicken on a dog crate. And I'm like, that's not going to keep him safe from the dog. No, I think Get the him out no. of the kennel. That chicken might have been dead. He. Put the what happened to the chicken. chicken? The chicken did not make it. So all this chicken commotion was too much for Alex. So yeah. he leaves Maggie and Paul at the kennel to deal with the chicken situation and goes into the house and immediately falls asleep on the couch. Maybe. Within maybe. seconds, maybe dozed off. He says maybe a bunch of times. I think I dozed off. I think maybe I was dozing. He's not committal to the dozing. No. But once you think after this chicken commotion, you would be too hyped up or you would stay at the kennel for a few more minutes. He was at the kennel, he says, for like one minute. Saved a chicken, went back to the house, fell asleep for maybe 10 to 15 minutes, got in his car and drove to his mom's house. That nap was literally 10 minutes long okay if he fell asleep if he's gonna go ahead and use his addiction in mm -hmm. the way that he's using it why in the world aren't you using it now yeah if you're going to lie about things i was on drugs i immediately fell asleep i went to the house and, and took five pills yeah i mean this is such a just keep going if you're going to admit to this issue that you have, which- Then you're admitting you drove on pills to your mom's house 80 miles an hour. Which is still better than getting convicted for murder. Yeah, I guess. Although so, your son was also about to be convicted for murdering someone when he was drunk driving a boat. It doesn't so, matter. It's still going to be better than him going to prison for the rest of his life. So yeah, no, it's just right. a weird, it's a weird instinct that he's not, He's still sort of protecting himself. He's still mm -hmm. sort of making himself like, I'm a good guy. Mm -hmm. No, you need to just come clean because also, mm -hmm. if this is the truth, it's going to save you. But mm -hmm. this all seems weird because you're not bringing that into it. Also, do we get any proof about that? Do we get about anybody, what? any dealers or anybody? Oh, about the drugs? Remember, we had lots of questions last time. I yeah. still have a lot of questions. It's still well, sort of- Well, he was like in a lot of financial trouble. 
And so presumably also he has all this law stuff, like all of these lawsuits, these legal fees for Paul's case. True. And true. But I think drugs too would probably explain a lot of his money problems. That's true. So he says when he came back to the house, he couldn't find them. So he went to the kennels to look for them. And his face on the stand at this point, he's like, the blueberry girl from Willy Wonka, but it's strawberries instead. And uh, the snot at this point is just rolling like a river. It was so much snot. And I have allergies. I'm I have allergies for a living. And it is so, so much does snot. he does he have allergies? I don't know. Is he allergic to something that he was subtly given before, like on a hanky that like is filled oh, with pollen? Oh interesting. Rub that on some daisies or whatever, and uh-huh. then come in. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't know if I can muster tears, but I can certainly muster snot. Yeah. So, oh, so the prosecutor then is going to cross-examine him. Creighton Waters. The prosecutor is leaning on the podium stand thing, so cash. Like, I get comfortable. I'm going to be here a while. He so he right away gets Alec to admit that he had been stealing from his clients and the law firm for ten years. He had stolen from people he cared about and lied straight to their faces. And Alec tries to answer this question, and the prosecutor just walks away from the stand and looks at his watch. Like he's already bored. It was such a, Alec couldn't even get two words into his explanation. And he walks away like, "Uh uh-huh, already bored. It was such a power move. Loved it. Creighton Waters has been practicing for this since the case started. Mm -hmm. And has probably very well aware of the Murdochs and is just like, oh, I'm ready. Mm -hmm. And then the prosecutor shows, well, you're still lying. Because your story is that you were at the kennels for one minute to do a rescue chicken mission mm-hmm. and you went back to the house and you instantly fell asleep because you didn't hear any gunshots. So you missed the murder by minutes because literally it was like a four minute window. Right, He's at the videos at 844 and yeah. at an 849, he's shown to be back at the house. And then at 902, or he says he was back at the house. He's no, no, no. The phone shows it. Oh, okay. This was from, he's 849, he's back at the house. Nine. Remember, so between 849, basically 850 and 902, that's his 10 minute, maybe I was dozing. Yeah, which is when they were killed. But how far is the kennel from the house? They have Um, to get there by the... Car. It is a little, it is long. It's a, I mean, I think they drove around that property on like golf carts or, you know, so you know, did those, he take a golf kind of, cart back up to the house? It's possible. Okay. I know when he drove back from his mom's house, he drove his Suburban to the kennels. So I think he went to the house. He says he drove to the house first and didn't yeah, the, see them and then went to the kennels. That None of that makes sense. But none of that works with his yeah. phone. And so, so yeah, that's where they got him on the phone. So what I'm just saying is if he walked up to the house, if he didn't take the golf cart and walked, he walked straight up to the house, got in his Suburban and left. Right. There was no napping. There was no napping. And And no possibility for him to miss gunshots then. Right. Because you can't miss gunshots if you are awake. No. So the prosecutor says, Mr. Murdoch, are you a family annihilator? That was... That again, I don't think I like. No, I think we're out of context on that. If I had, a, I have a feeling that Creighton Waters did a whole thing about 
what that is mm. and then brings it up to try to surprise him. Because mm-hmm. I think, I bet you in the opening statement he talked about, because we've had Chris Watts and some of these highly publicized oh. cases about people that are family mm-hmm. annihilators. It does seem to surprise Alec. It makes him kind of mad. And he says, you mean did I shoot my wife and son? No. And he kind of has a little edge to his voice at that moment. So he is getting underneath his skin. Yeah, I'll take edge over snot. For sure. So after 28 days... And 70 witnesses. Jury takes less than three hours. That is. That's a slap in the face. That's a slap in the red, red face. Yeah. (laughs) Only three hours to find him guilty. They handcuff him. Very little reaction from him and from Buster. But the crowd outside is pumped. The crowd outside the courtroom cheers for the DA and the prosecutors. The spectators are giddy with excitement. They're telling the news, yes, this is the demise of a whole family. Yes. <laughs> They're so excited about this. And Alec is also found guilty on the anniversary of them finding Mallory Beach's body, which oh. Mallory Beach's family's lawyer thinks is very poetic. And I do as well. The defense says, we knew this was going to be a tough one because of what we call the big lie. And that is that he was not at the kennels, but he was at the kennels. And this case is really the big why, the big lie versus the big why. But I did think that was a really good way to put it because I remember from the previous episode, I feel like a question that you and I both had was why. Mm-hmm. Why did he do this? Oh, no, I don't have a question. It culminates perfectly with all of these deadlines and all of this pressure. It still doesn't seem like a big enough why. It still doesn't. Even with that, I was really looking forward to hearing what their motive was. And I was like, that still feels weird for a jury. That feels, if See, I was a jury member. You have a man whose family is a tentpole that's not the right word, is like the foundation of this community and your entire reputation. You're letting down the whole firm, the history generations of Murdoch's you're letting down, your whole family, pillars of the community, reputation is about to crumble. I guess I just don't see why you needed to kill them both. I mean, it's true. You could have just killed one of them. But I just think... He wasn't thinking clearly and everything was crumbling. And when a guy like that is under that sort of pressure and his whole life is in shambles, it's like you go nuclear and just you come up with the craziest plan to get yourself out of it. And drugs. Yeah, I know. Normally I'm team drugs. It really just seems so irrational. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but people who murder don't always make a lot of sense. They're not thinking clearly. No, I understand. I think I just expected it to be a little bit more clear. I'm struggling to get there on it, and I don't like that. That's all. But you still think he did it. Of course I do. Yeah. Of course I do. I just wish I could understand. I think I struggle with the psychology of this one specifically. It's hard to get into his head. I can't get my arms around it at all. Right. Because he's not a normal, typical functioning person. And maybe because he's the amount of privilege that he's kind of had because of his family his whole life. I could just not understand that. So I Mm -hmm. think, I think he probably just thinks differently than most people. I agree completely. They talk about ultra wealthy people, not if you're raised that you're more important than everyone else. Your brain just thinks 
in a different way. Absolutely. You know? I yes. don't know. It's real so creepy. The prosecution thinks it was his testimony that did him in because the locals have a very good sense of they have good BS detectors and they could tell that he was full of it on the stand. And now Alex look is beige jumpsuit, shackles, and pink slides. Oh, they were orange on my screen. Oh, they were pinkish on my screen. Oh, they were like bright orange. It, it's hmm. a ni- nice pop of color. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> if you want a pop of color, check out Rothy's. He says to the judge, I would never hurt my wife, Maggie, and I would never hurt my son, Papa. Again, with the pop, did you, I need Chris to testify if he normally called them Papa or Mags. I think that he called um, Paul this Papa is a new thing. when he was a child. Yeah, maybe. And most, some children nicknames don't continue on, but Mm -hmm. yeah, it's weird. So the judge asks him, when you said what a tangled web we weave, what did you mean by that? And Alec is like, I meant that once I lied, I couldn't stop lying. And the judge says, well, when will it end? I thought the judge was kind of smooth, but I didn't watch the trial. I thought that was a good line because it was real throwaway. When will it end? Because Uh, he kind of looked away. He goes, "Mm mm-hmm, and when will it end? And like, mm -hmm. it was sort of, it felt like a little bit like, oh. He gotcha, but I don't know how he was the whole trial. So. No, I don't think he was like showboating, but I think he knew this was his chance to do like a poignant, this will get on TV, you know? It will. It's a good soundbite. So in the very courtroom where generations of Murdochs have lawyered, Alec gets two consecutive life terms. He is appealing. I disagree. There's nothing appealing about Alex Murdoch. You're welcome. And Chris's wife says that Paul was loving and funny and had a big heart. So that's nice. Maggie was a special person and had a big laugh. Chris says he thought he knew Alec, but he didn't. Chris's wife, Dana, says that the Bible teaches her to forgive, but she can't yet. And I say, don't pressure yourself. You don't need to forgive Alec. That's Have cool. we heard about those people before, the Wilsons? No, this Chris is their Indiana? first TV interview. This was the first one? Hmm. Yeah. I bet they hold a lot of secrets. Oh, I'm sure. They were very they've, good friends. They've spent a lot of time at that property. At so that parties. friend had no idea that Alex had a pill problem? No. Which makes you think that he didn't have a pill problem. If I'm reading you correctly. I'm not sure why the defense wouldn't use it more. And I haven't seen the trial. So maybe they did. Because mm-hmm. I think that you would be able to explain some of this behavior because of that. And instead, it seems like it's forgotten all the time. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. well, this could just well, be because of this. Like, he did blame the big lie on the pills, specifically. The video of him being with the... Also, he sounded incredibly calm in that video. That was terrifying when he's mm-hmm. like, Bubba, come here, Bubba, come here. He doesn't Yeah, knowing seem what like he's he, about to do, yeah. Knowing what he's about to do. That's what also I had a problem with. I think that's why I was also like, so he's just about to do this. And like, ah, this whole thing. Why'd you do this? Why'd you do this? I know why some people do some things. And our listeners that are Patreons and Supercasters support us because they are amazing people. They are. And so this episode is dedicated to username Romy and Michelle, a.k.a. Anne and Laura A. So Anne is from... Patreon. Laura is from Supercast. And so in the honor of Alec, Alex, Alex, Mm -hmm. I would probably say I'm going to try to pronounce your names, Ane and Luro, a.k.a. Anne and Laura. Ane and Luro. Ane and Luro. Mm -hmm. We thank you, Ane and Luro, 
so yes. much for supporting this show. We could not do this without you, truly. And we appreciate you. And we hope you're enjoying our bonus content. We had a really fun bonus episode and live stream last month with the 2020 that we covered. So th- we hope you enjoyed it. And um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We cannot thank you enough. Thank you so much. Can't do it without you. And so- as an added bonus and thank you, Kimberly, I'd like you to go to 122.43 in the episode. And I'd like you to tell me what Craig Melvin says. Well, it's uh, important. It, he says, when the talk turns to someone's what, what, name. Who is he talking to? I think it's a voiceover. Is it after the verdict? Mm-hmm. Is it after the sentencing? Mm-hmm. It's after two life terms. Mm-hmm. What do he say? When the talk turns to Alec. To Alan. Chris, no, he didn't. Go back. <laughs> it's game broke my brain. No, it's Alec. Alan. Miss- no, there's no way he said Alan. I'm going to slow it down so I can hear <laughs> if it's I or they. But it's but at 122.43, I heard when your talk turns to Alan. <laughs> and it no broke way. my brain. I His- said, I'm done, Craig Melvin. And I threw I my know papers. They- I know they put this together last minute, but I don't think they'd get his name wrong. I don't think they had time to finish the ADR. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I think he said, I think it's the K sound is not clear. And so I heard Alan. I won't hear anything other than Alan when I, I've listened to it about four times. <laughs> I can't bear it. Oh, my God. That's all. Okay. B-roll bonanza. Yeah, we had Mark, Mark Inslee, the lawyer for Mallory, walking his dogs in a huge open field. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I don't understand why all the sled interviews took place in a car. So I need you to go ahead and explain that to me. I don't know. They just kept bringing him inside the car. Why? I don't know. But thank God there was a camera there. That was kind of weird, it was right? Like a, it was like a, you know, a familial type of cocoon let's get you comfortable in this car they do it on cold justice all the time they just drive around and pull people into the car and talk to them on the side of the road it's a, it's great that's a, it's shocking to me we get chris wilson walking just walking in a very normal residential neighborhood just walking it's not even like extremely fancy he's just walking on a road there's like cars coming yeah he's just walking yeah that was weird and then we i also noticed that the courtroom was incredibly empty in the opening statements and unbelievably packed when Alec was on I the stand. I noticed that as well and I know there were people waiting outside so I feel like they maybe started before they had let people in. There was waiting to try to get in. So I know that it shouldn't have been empty. So I feel that was very strange when I saw some empty pews cuz they sit in like pews. And it was the opening stuff so I'm wondering if we were actually seeing it was edited funny. Or it was like a pre-trial hearing. But even those, I think, were packed. I think everything has been packed. I think also if they can't control what's happening outside, they'll just say, okay, no one. Yeah. And they'll let, You guys like, are four, acting like let children? Family. Yeah. No, no they No one do. gets a snack. Yeah, exactly. How tall is Alec? He towers over those guards. Like a full foot taller. 6'4"? I don't know. It seemed t- taller than that. He does seem really... But Buster doesn't seem tall. No. And Paul didn't seem tall. 
Yeah, no. The journalist woman is typing up what's happening during the trial. It, she has a bunch of screens going on her TV. She has like split screens. Oh, boy. Imagine having to live tweet or live write an article about this trial. Crazy. No, I can't imagine it. Stressful. It was stressful enough doing this episode. Well, I'll bet. Okay, titles. Wait a minute. Did you oh, have, yeah. do you think that Richard Dreyfus could play Creighton Waters, the prosecute? Yeah. The pro- okay, great. In the TV movie. Just wanted to make sure. All right. That's it. Yeah. Titles. I was trying to get somewhere with Sled and like Rosebud. (laughs) Like what was his Rosebud moment because of Sled? I couldn't get anywhere. What about Rosebud Cheeks? Because he got all red. Yeah. Is there something we can do? Okay. Red solitary confinement cup. It says solo cup. Mm -hmm. Couldn't get there. Couldn't get there either. No, that's Um, good. You got that. Not so smart, Alec. Okay. Um, There you go. This man is not so innocent. It's not so innocent. Yeah. Yeah. And then I asked for titles on Twitter. And so I cheated to get titles. You do what you have to do. Okay. Do you want to read yours? And then I'll go to Twitter. Sure. I'm sure they're better than mine. I like you not at all. <laughs> Alec you not at all. I was trying to get somewhere mm-hmm. with Alec being I like you. It's not good. Mm-hmm. Bending the fam. It probably is. I'm going to. Market bending the family tree until it breaks, which oh, they, right, because they show that b roll of them with laughing at the bendy tree. Uh-huh. That's what I thought of during the thing. How about the big lie versus the big why? But why no tie? <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's what I got. I'm just gonna read all the tweets and the titles all in one thing. So Liz says, What is to become of Buster Kimberly? And still love my Utes said he's a bagger now at the Piggly Wiggly. I don't know. I think <laughs> I don't know what's happening to Buster. I feel like he's gonna have a hard time dating and unless he gets a lot of money no, there's no money to be gotten. I think so- there's always money in the banana stand. I think Buster <laughs> sorry, watch arrested development. I'm tired of saying it. But I think Buster I think he's going to be fine. I think that things like that with old money, you still have friends. Yeah, you're right. There's never really cancel culture in old money. Yeah. And he was studying law at some point, but then I think he stopped. I think he did stop. Mm -hmm. Anna says they should have sold those ponchos like at Niagara Falls to protect the jurors and lawyers in the courtroom from all that's not. Oh, boy. And then she said that slow-mo recording of, I do it, I am so bad, simultaneously scared me and made me laugh like when Dennis used the voice changer. He really was loud. Cindy said, what do we call hot lawyers that aren't prosecutors? I can't think of a single thing that's clever. And she's talking about Hillary Beach's family's lawyer. And oh, Jay, yeah. the shaming of Jay said, defense daddies? No. Ah, ah. I love it. I've already put it on our new bingo cards. No. I love it. Even though he's not really a defense attorney. He's like doing a civil lawsuit thing. I'm not having this. I'm not having it. Come on, that's hilarious. And he look, he's wearing like a sweater vest. He's walking his dog out in the park. He's a defense daddy. Come on. You got to give me like a week. I'm going to think of one. Okay. (laughs) And then Audrey said... That there is a HBO Max Low Country. There uh, is. That goes into some depth on the family. The grandfather, Randolph, handled a lot of things outside of court, and a lot of folks disappeared. I, I think don't know. that's what and I watched. That his hands weren't clean. No one's hands were clean, really, in that family. I think that's what I watched. That might have been what you watched. Okay. And then Kimberly said, 
or a lot of people actually asked why there were no cameras at the kennels. Jennifer says it should be called the Cyan is Lion. And then Jill was one of 80 people that said Murdoch most foul. Oh, yeah. And then. Well, because of the chicken, too. Oh, that's perfect. Spell it with a W. Yeah. And then many people said, don't trust your soul to know Backwoods Southern Lawyer, which is apparently a song. Southern song. Sung by Reba. A country song? Vicky Lawrence. Is it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Someone said Reba and someone else said it was originally sung by Vicky Lawrence. Don't trust that. your soul to know Backwoods Southern Lawyer. Anything um, by Vicky Lawrence. Geekazoid said a Murdoch in the family. Murdoch in the low country. Jennifer said fall of the house of Murdoch. Just a whole lot of murder puns, mm -hmm. but saying Murdoch. Liz says how to get away with Murdoch, but it really should be how to not get away with Murdoch. Right. Rebecca said the no good, very bad ginger. Teacher man said you say Alex, I say Alec. You say Murdoch, I say murder. There we go. Sally B said Papa, Bubba, Poot, Buster. Only one of these things is a dog. Who is Poot? I forgot about Poot. Who is Poot? I don't remember. There Only one of those is a dog? I think so. But which would be Bubba. Which would be Bubba. Papa is Paul. Buster's the son. Poot. Still don't know who Poot is. I think I forgot about Poot. I don't know Poot. Yeah. But, but I, I, I mean, I'm not surprised I don't remember. Yeah. Patricia says, all I want to know is, did the chicken survive? No. And Katie thinks, absolutely not. But I'm a pessimist, so don't yeah, go for me. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to feel like it still is. Okay. Shannon says Bubba's chicken chase solves the Murdoch, which kind of did. Kind of Bubba attacking that chicken solved the whole case. How did they find out? Paul that, solved that it from the grave by having that recording on his phone. So Paul called his parents because he was already down in the kennel? No, Maggie did, said, come with me to the kennel. And then Paul was filming on his phone because the dogs were being crazy. And then one of them got a chicken in its mouth. And so she told both of them to come with her to the kennel? Maggie would often go to the kennel, apparently, every night to check. And Paul went with her. And then she asked... I don't know. I think she asked Alec to go with them and all three of them went or Maggie and Paul went first and then Alec came after. I'm not sure which one. That seems like the more likely, right? It seems like it had to be because what was the original plan? That couldn't have been the original plan, right? I don't know. To do it down by the kennels? Oh, I don't know. Okay. No, I mean, it would be if he was planning to be in the house asleep at the time. And then going to his mom's house. We're never going to know. This is so frustrating. <laughs> Jeff says, a kennel of truth. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's good, right? That's good. And, okay, yeah, so the poll of I versus they is still at, it's a 72.4 for I. So people are hearing what they want to hear. And I think you're wrong. They will they're, never They're learn. hearing I. They, and I and testify to that. I yeah, thank you. I really know. I don't know. I'm so glad you heard it the same way I did. I'm so relieved. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Thank you for doing that incredibly long and detailed recap. This was a big case, and it's done. That's it. I don't think it's done. There's might be more. There might be more. There might be because I feel like we should get some more about these cases that are unsolved, and I'm hoping that that mom. Of, I'm forgetting his Steven. name, and I really wish Stephen. I really hope that Stephen's mom will 
and Stephen's friends. And Steve, I believe Stephen also had a – I don't think he had a twin, but he had a sister yeah. that was close to him. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know what's going to happen with that. Maybe yeah. that – this also, family did, is did Gloria chaos. really fall by herself? Yes, there were all these questions. Yeah. Also, I want to know more about the grandfather and who he made disappear. Okay, so we both should probably watch those documentaries. Yeah. yeah. But we're not promising any extra content on it because I've been scolded. Yeah. We maybe just do like a 15-minute chat at the end of one of our Patreon episodes. We won't make it a special thing. Okay. Is that so fair? I'm trying. Yes, I'm trying to agree to that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that sounds reasonable and good. Yeah, Thank I you, like everybody. It. Follow us on social media. Also, if you're following us or if you write to us on Instagram, I always feel badly because a lot of you will write to me and I write back and we're having all these conversations. And then I look at the top of the DMs and it says you're not following us on Instagram. And I would love if you would just follow us because we like having more followers and it helps our show grow. So if you're sending me funny clips or, you know, articles, I would love it if you'd also follow us and follow us on Twitter and check out our Patreon and Supercast. It's really fun. Yes. Please make sure that you follow all that stuff so you can find out what all the buzz is about in March. (gasps) Okay, cool. We'll see you soon, everybody. And remember, he's not that innocent. He's actually very guilty. He's actually super guilty. Super guilty. Yeah. He (laughs) soups did it. Bye, everybody. Bye. It's like a weather person be like, we have multiple storm fronts coming in from the east and the west. And, and they're, they're going gonna to collide meet, yeah. mm-hmm. in a yeah, mega storm. Go. Yeah, it was mega storm, but we This we is just... a nor'easter. Sure. A nor'easter is a wind, right? I think it's a storm. Echo, what's a nor'easter? I know what a downeaster Alexa is. Because that's a Billy Joel song. Oh, you're right. It's a wind or gale. You were right. He and Ginger Buster are the same. They're just so, and I feel for you. That's why I stopped going to the gym because my face would get so red and it was embarrassing. So you were embarrassed of the ruddy complexion. That was it. Just tomato complex. Just tomato, full on. People would go, Are you okay? It looks like your blood vessels are going to explode on your face. But everybody's face gets like that. Not this bad. I used to have rosacea too. It went away, thank God. So I feel for this complexion, is what I'm saying. I understand.